Welcome to our live stream in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics, coming to you from our studios as always, and uh, coming to you with a heavy heart now. That was a tough thing to witness last night. Man, you play the game, enjoy the game. For it to occur, for that kind of an injury to occur on prime time, the only game in town, the only game being televised by the National Football League, not only a primetime game, but it was in prime time of that primetime game. All eyes were on that football game, and that type of injury to occur had to just shock, you know, <laughs> the country, the world, everybody. An innocuous hit. I, I'll guarantee you that DeMar Hamlin has made that tackle a bunch of times, even that exact same way during the course of his career, and it didn't work out so well uh, this particular time. And everybody's thoughts and prayers are with uh, DeMar Hamlin. I'll tell you who gets the star of the game, in my opinion. All the medical team for both sides, both organizations, they were spectacular. They executed their game plan to perfection. The medical teams, they practice all week long for events like this, hoping, of course, they never occur, but having to be ready if they do occur. And man, did it pay off because they got out there so quickly and to give uh, Hamlin the CPR, the professional CPR that he got as quickly as he got, they literally brought him back. I mean, they had a defibrillator out there. They had, they were doing CPR, had a defri defibrillator to, to bring him back. I mean, if he was not in such outstanding care, it'd be a much different dynamic for the Ham Hamlin family today and, and everybody that witnessed that that uh, that occurrence uh, last night. I mean, the medical people were amazing, nothing short of amazing. And then you always have a place, uh, the league demands it, every stadium has an affiliation with a facility that they can get people to right away in emergency situations. And um, UC provided that, and they got him up there quickly. Um, every single person that was involved from a medical standpoint in last night's football game, you are a star, no question about it. And DeMar Hamlin and his family would wholly agree and concur. There's no question about that as well. And when it, when it, when I realized how serious it was, all I could think of was where is his family? You know, did they make the trip? It wasn't that far of a trip. And his mother was there. His mother did go with him to the to UC uh, in the ambulance, uh, and that that obviously I think put a lot of people at, at ease a little bit because you can't imagine what a mother and a father and any family member is thinking when they're watching that go down uh, the way it did. I mean, it was just just an unbelievable. You think you've seen everything until something like that happens, and. Uh, it just, that game was being played at such a high level. I mean, both teams were sky high. The adrenaline was pumping. Uh, they were both, the execution offensively, heck, first, and both teams scored on their first possessions. The Bengals were in, moving to score again on their second possession. It was panning out to be the track meet and the offensive show between two outstanding quarterbacks that everybody was anticipating, and boom. Something else just stole the evening, uh, and and it was extremely unfortunate. Hopefully, 
DeMar Hamlin uh, makes a full recovery and he's in critical condition and he does have a breathing tube. And, and when you think about it, I mean, 10 minutes of CPR, that's a long time. Hopefully his brain was not oxygen deprived for uh, an extended period of time because um, if, if DeMar Hamlin, you, you wonder, you hope that the quality of life that he's going to lead the rest of his life is as good as it possibly can be after going through something like this. And it was, it was amazing. T Higgins, who, um, you know, made the play and he, he was struggling after the game, caught the football on a crosser and went north and south and lowered his shoulder pads and, and, and put the, uh, the hit on, on DeMar Hamlin as he was trying to take him to the ground. He was devastated because they met at Tyler Boyd's football camp. Tyler Boyd has a football camp. Tyler Boyd grew up in the Pittsburgh area. Um, and he has a football camp that DeMar Hamlin is involved with. And, and, and so his teammate T Higgins. So they got to know each other a little bit and T was devastated, you know, that, that what took place during the course of that football game. And then uh, Cal Adamitis, um, a deep snapper for the Bengals played high school and college football with DeMar Hamlin. So, I mean, there's always, you know, story within the story in situations like this. And, and uh, can't imagine what was going through, minds of a lot of these people that, uh, you know, have a, um, a greater understanding of the type of individual that DeMar Hamlin is. Um, so all I can say is it was a, a long night, short morning for a lot of, uh, a lot of people for sure. And the Buffalo bills, the team, the team charter did fly back in the wee hours in the morning, but quite a few players stayed, uh, and they, they wanted to, uh, wanted to see what was going on with Hamlin and they wanted to be available to see him in his hotel room at the hospital. And Diggs was one of the first ones that um, made a statement that he, you know, and, and showed it that he wanted to stay and a policeman initially blocked him from doing it. But once everything was explained, uh, it all sorted itself out. And I just, I just can't imagine it. I just can't imagine it. And, 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 you know, people just, you don't, you don't understand the bond that these guys have. And to look at, at what was going on on the field when he was struggling as badly as he was struggling in the initial stages of, of the incident last night and grown men, grown teammates, uh, coaches, all in tears. Everybody was shedding tears, you know, and, and hugging each other and, uh, you know, just... Uh, it was it was just an unbelievable display of of emotions that you don't want to see, and your heart was just sinking for everybody. I mean, when I saw everybody in a in a tight circle praying, and when I saw guys turning around and couldn't even look at what they were witnessing, and, and then rubbing their heads, and I saw players vomiting. It's like, oh my gosh, this has to be something that. Uh, your worst nightmare. And that's exactly what happened. It was the worst nightmare that you could imagine was being lived out. Um, and all I can say is when you go through something like that, witnessing it, you realize life is too short. And one, one thing that you should do, the people you love, hug them every day you possibly can. No question about that. But Cincinnati Bengals and, and uh, Buffalo Bills, the game was suspended. I don't see any indications that they're going to reschedule it at this point in time. 
I think that uh, they'll try to figure out the best they can with a 16-game uh, season for the Bills and the Bengals. Everybody else is going to have a 17-game season, and they'll have a 16-game season, and, and, and there's going to be ripple effects and trickle-downs from that. Somebody's not going to be happy with the decision that's made by the league, and the league is in the process right now of trying to decide and determine what to do and what's the fairest way to do it. Uh, but as of right now, if the Bengals don't play uh, this game against the Buffalo Bills, they've clinched the division. They have fewer losses, you know, than than the Baltimore Ravens do. The Baltimore Ravens are sitting at ten and six. The Bengals are eleven and four. The best that the the Ravens can be is eleven and six. The worst the Bengals uh, can be, you know, they'll only have five losses. They'll be uh, you know eleven and five. And Baltimore would be 11 and six. So the Bengals would win the division by a tiebreaker. If in fact they don't, they decide to just, you know, let, let things stand and, and just play that last game against the Baltimore Ravens. So now what do you do? If you've clinched the division, do you rest your starters against Baltimore? The other thing is they could say, okay, well, there's, there's a lot of ramifications with respect to this game. These teams are virtually still playing for a number one seed. You say, all right, after the season, you have to play. We'll schedule you to play a week after the season ends and shrink the Super Bowl instead of two weeks in between the championship games and the Super Bowl. There's only one. But now everybody else is getting a bye. I mean, the, the six, the, the, the uh, five, six, and seven seeds are all getting buys. And you're fighting for a number one seed and you're not getting a bye. And then you might get a bye the following week. But now those guys, people are getting two buys in some cases. It, the whole thing is a mess. It's like, how do you solve it? And, and the league is, is in the process of trying to determine that right now. Um, and again, no matter what they do, somebody is going to probably feel like they get the short end of the stick and they're going to try to weigh it out and make an evaluation as to what, what is the best way to go. There's no good way to solve this thing. What is the least harmful way to solve this thing. And it's a very, 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 very difficult decision to make. And I just, all I kept thinking about was I've been in a couple of situations where a player's on the field struggling. Um, I witnessed a seizure that a player had, and it was scary. I mean, he had a very, very massive seizure. Uh, and it was almost like the devil had possession of his body. And I thought, oh my, to, to think, all right, now, Okay, it's over. Okay, they finally it was over, and they got him off the football field. And now, okay, compartmentalize, put that away. Let's go play football. Let's go hit each other again. It was on a goal line situation, and he had the, the seizure after he made a hit. And it's I'm thinking, man, that's a tough thing mentally to do. You know, selective amnesia, put it away and move on, and uh, and continue to play the game of football. That's going to be a big challenge for both these football teams, the Bengals and the Bills, this week is the mental part of it, fighting through that and getting ready to play another football game against another opponent. And to think that you could put it aside and play that night, like some people on social media were saying, I mean, you've never been in that situation. That's not an easy thing to do. Let's see what uh, you folks are thinking about what you witnessed uh, last, uh, last evening, which obviously was a, a nightmare that, lived itself out.
Yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the comments so far. Is, you know, people still sending out prayers, and they should be. Um, we spoke last night after, you know, late last night, and you know, you, you, you don't know how this is going to play out. And I know a lot of people are, you kind of touched on it, what the NFL should do as far as, because the implications, this was the probably the biggest game this season. Yeah. And it was playing out that way as well. It was being played at a high level as a huge, huge football game. Both teams playing from the number one seed in their conference. And, um, you know, you look at it, if both teams, if, if they don't play, if the Patriots beat the Bills and the Bengals beat the Ravens, they're both 12 and four. They're both eight and three in the conference. And now you have to come down to tiebreakers and then, okay, well, head to head. Does the league say, all right, well, let's, let's include that seven to three score. Both teams had the ball once who fairly, okay. Who had the, who had the most production in, in the equal possession? One, one possession each that red zone stand by the defense may end up to be huge. If they decide to go that way and say, all right, let's go through the tiebreaker process. I will say, back during COVID, the league implemented a bunch of scenarios to handle this type of situation because there was no way they thought they'd get through that COVID year with all teams playing every game, which they did. It was extremely fortunate. COVID did not even interrupt uh, the NFL season. But last night, this incident um, and, and what, what happened physically to DeMar Hamlin uh, interrupted the NFL season. But they had protocols in place to handle COVID. They can implement those. You know, you get two football teams that have a different number of games played than others. I guess you maybe go back to the COVID um, protocols and tiebreakers and all that that the league and owners and players association and everybody agreed to. So there may be a template in place that they could uh, they could adapt and go to. We'll see. Zachary Boone. Says, what about a coin flip for seeding purposes? Mm. I, I'd, I'd rather see that. That that in my mind would be the final, absolute desperation tiebreaker to have it come down to a coin flip. Um, I don't know. I, I will say though that watching what went on between those two football teams, the organizations, the Bengals and the and the Buffalo Bills, they weren't basically, you know, enemies trying to battle each other in a game anymore. They were one big family. And I think the whole NFL's heart is bleeding for the Hamlin family and for both of the organizations that went through what they went through last night. So when all is said and done, when push comes to shove, I don't think there's any team that's going to be, ah, that's not fair to our organization. You know, that's a bunch of, I I think that when, when the, the opposite would be true. I think other teams in the league that are in the playoffs or vying for seeds in the playoffs will bend over backwards to accommodate what needs to be done um, to be as fair as they possibly can to, to these two football teams and everybody else. Dave, let me ask you this, because one, uh, another Dave said basically that he wanted to make sure you, Dan, and Box were excellent on the radio last night in your analysis. He muted the TV broadcast to hear you guys. Um my, my, when I'm sitting there watching that and the look, I mean, you knew with, because of the TV cameras, how the close-ups, 
there was something different. Oh yeah. I mean, when, when both medical teams went on the field as quickly as they all did, it wasn't just a trainer going out there or a trainer from, it was everybody. So immediately uh, the reaction of the players and probably the screaming and yelling that was going on, uh, they knew that something major had taken place. And the fact that they all, like I said, all the med both medical teams from both organizations and the doctors, uh, independent and team doctors that were there, all responded and responded unbelievably well, promptly, uh, and, and basically saved his life, brought him back to life and saved his life. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable when you think about it. And, and guys knew that literally, I mean, he basically, when he, when, it, when his heart gave way on him and, and, and it's, it's unbelievable guys play with a lot of heart. You know, you, you talk about a player has a, a big heart and this and that. Well, Hamlin's big heart betrayed him, you know, and, and then all of a sudden he, all the blood seemed to just go out of his body and he just, he just keeled over. And the way he went down, you knew something major, major had gone on. And they, their response was immediately, if not sooner. And I commend everybody for the way medically, the way they handled it. it. It could not have been handled any more perfectly. And as a result, Hamlin is still with us. Dave Lennox makes a comment, basically said it takes moments like this for first responders to get the respect and recognition for how hard their jobs are. Uh, millions of people watching them save someone's life. I have my sister-in-law is a trauma nurse at Ohio State. Um, the horror stories, you know, when we've we've gotten together, she's she's sure. talked about what she sees just in everyday life. Uh, scary enough, let alone be part of a game. And, and that's the thing. On a daily basis, there's incidents of this. I don't know about this. I mean, they're they're not out there playing football and having it occur with football, but there are incidents out there that, you know, people go through on a, unfortunately on too much of a regular basis that, that uh, our, our medical people have to respond to and, and save lives over and over and over again. This was witnessed by millions of people, millions of people. And I do agree Dave, that the, the fact that now everybody realizes, boy, these people know what they're doing. They know what their job is and do they do their job well? And, and there's probably not a more important job that you can have. What's more important than saving somebody's life? I mean, kudos. And, then, and, and you mentioned it. There, the thing about the game of football that I think it doesn't matter if you're a, if you're a player, if you cover the game, there's so many intertwining things that go on. I mean, I'm sitting there, and I know I've been friends with Pat Narduzzi, head coach at Pitt, for 19 years. I know the type of kids he recruits. Um, and like you said, you have, you know, the relationships you have with the players that you cover with the Bengals on a daily basis. And you can see the emotional drain on their faces um, when the play happened. I saw Ted Karras take a knee yeah. quickly. And I, as soon as that happened, I went, oh, boy, something's not right. Yeah. I mean, to see grown men, you know, tough guys in tears. That that quickly, you knew it was major league, and when every, when as many people turned away because they couldn't, they couldn't couldn't 
understand what they were looking at. And honestly, I saw players vomiting. They could not take what they were looking at and they're rubbing their heads and, and, and you're like, oh, no, this is not good. This is a nightmare. This is a living nightmare. And you'd start to cross everything you can cross and hit your knees and pray and um, watch McDermott. I mean, that that guy went through just a, an emotional night that you wouldn't, you wouldn't wish on, on anybody. And, uh, man, I'll tell you that, but to see Zach and McDermott, you know, embracing each other and talking through it and the two quarterbacks, you know, Joe Burrow and, and, and Allen are very good friends. Josh Allen and he have spent a, a lot of time together. Those two guys embracing each other. I mean, it, it was, it was like, the National Football League was like one big family supporting each other in a time of crisis. And that was a good lesson for people to see as well. Everybody yeah. rallying together. Bill Z says, does this change the NFL forever going ahead? You know, the thing is, Bill, how many mothers were watching that game and said to their son, you're never playing football. Now, who knows? Was it because of the contact that got his heart out of rhythm? Did he have an aortic aneurysm that had not been diagnosed yet that was triggered by the contact? Who knows? Who knows if he had a predisposed condition or, and I'm not sure they're ever going to get true answers to it, but for something like that, that, that's probably one of the league's biggest concerns is to have something like that. Football gets banged around a lot anyway because of the contact and everybody knows you are 100% you're putting yourself at risk 100% of the time, 100% of the plays, every single snap, you're 100% chance of getting injured and you accept it and you move on. And guys do have bad injuries, but you, this, this was so different because even if a person's taken off on a stretcher, they'll wave. They'll not, they'll acknowledge that they're okay. Nothing, nothing with this. There was no closure zip. That's why everybody was so like distraught. He was just, there was no movement. There was no acknowledgement. There was nothing. And I'm sure that shook a lot of parents up, you know, do I want to be in the odds are what one in however many gazillion, but it happened. So, and it happened, like I said, in prime time of a prime time game. I mean, you had kids of a lot of ages still up watching that football game. Uh, you just, you don't know what kind of damage might've been done to the game bill. Does it change the NFL forever going ahead? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the NFL could have done to prevent it, you know, from a player safety standpoint, I mean, full contact is full contact. It's like, you know, you have breastplates on your shoulder pads to protect that that area. Uh, maybe maybe they start making uh, more and more players mandatory flak jackets to even give more protection to that area. I don't know. Maybe something like this will change that aspect of player safety and how they protect uh, players. Maybe they uh, are very, very diligent in um, even more detail and further physicals. If, if there was an aortic aneurysm that wasn't detected or maybe it was detected and they thought, oh, it's not, not a problem, but who knows, who knows? This is all pure speculation, but 
one thing, when something like this happens, what does happen is the commissioner says to everybody else from the, uh, from in the pecking order on down, let's review everything. Let's start from scratch. Let's go over every protocol. Let's make sure we try to prevent this. If, is there anything we could have done to prevent this? And I really don't think there's much other than like I'm saying, you know, maybe from an equipment standpoint or whatever the case may be, but that might've not um, been a factor in, in what occurred either. So, but they're not going to sit on their hands. I can tell you that bill. <laughs> they are, they are going to check and double check and triple check everything. There's no question. Tom Claypool says, how is T Higgins going to feel about putting his shoulder in for those extra yards in the next game? It's got to be terrifying. I mean, it's, it's not on T Higgins. I mean, it's, yeah. that's just all you're, all you're doing. I mean, okay. Then you want running backs and wide receivers to run vertically, stand straight up. And then they're going to get hit in the chest time after time, after time. It's you're taught from the very beginning that low pads, win. get your pads down, low pads, win. all he did was lower his shoulder pads and, and run uh, as hard as he could with, with a low center of gravity. And it's now, a play I, we see in, Every game, a hundred million times, and now, and like I said in the very beginning, Hamlin made that tackle. Probably can't tell you how many times without any kind of a problem. And again, it may not have been related to the contact. He may have a predisposed condition that was, was maybe was exacerbated by the contact. But if he didn't have that predisposed condition, it would not have been an issue. And if he did have the predisposed condition, every time that it happened prior to that, it didn't trigger it. But this time it did. You know, it's like a ticking time bomb kind of thing. If, in fact, there was a predisposed condition and no one, you know, at this point, pure speculation. But, yeah, you just you just don't know. You may not be able to totally get definitive answers. And that that's the other thing that is scary and, and will make parents, some parents say, you know what? I don't think football's in your future anymore, son. It's crazy. There's some comments uh, I've not seen. I, I've, I've heard about the comments Bart Scott's made. Um, I'm not even going to go. We're not even going to go there. Um, yeah, Skip Bayless didn't do himself many favors last night either. No. I mean, you know, the thing is, if you don't know what's totally going on, you know, reserve those judgments until you do. I mean. It's uh, it can always come back to bite you. There's no question. Yeah, Chris Chris Huber, I think, has the feelings of the majority um, that Hamlin's life is more important than a game. Sure, I mean, every, anybody's life is. I mean, and and there have been deaths playing football. Uh, there have been deaths playing basketball. Look at Gathers. I mean, that, that was the first thing. That was one of the. Things we talked about last night during the broadcast. I mean, Gathers had uh, had a heart condition that uh, that ended up costing him his life. And Loyola Marymount, remember Kimball shooting the free throws left-handed in in honor of Gathers uh, during the tournament. I mean, it happens. It happens in all in in all sports. I mean, there have been death deaths in all sports, but again, a lot of times it's at the high school level, the collegiate level, or it's not. This was. Prime time, nationally televised, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Woo, the hype machine was rolling. I mean, it was like <laughs> must-see TV, and this happened. This took place. Incredible. 
really is. It's just unbelievable. Chris follows it up. Can they push the season back a week? You kind of talked about that. Um, NFL can do what they want to do, but I mean, everything's so planned out so far in advance of even like this weekend, what's happening this weekend. Yeah. I mean, they're going to push the, push the season back a week. You're saying push the season back a week for one team, two teams, one game. There's only one game that would go on. Uh, and, and then you'd have to basically the two week time frame we talked about, there's two weeks in between the championship games and the Super Bowl. That would be minimized to one. And that's happened before one week instead of two weeks. But the thing is, the teams that are fighting for the high seeds are playing, and all the teams that don't have those high seeds aren't. They aren't playing. So, so it's it's like you're you know now now it's a reward. Basically, the teams that uh, didn't have as good a season as the, the as the Bengals and Bills are are getting what the Bengals and Bills are fighting for, and that's a week off to recover and get healthy and get get more people back to playing. So I mean. There's a lot of problems. I, I basically the NFL right now, I'm sure, is is pros and cons, putting things up on a big grease board, you know, with with all of the people, the commissioner and his committee, uh, and the uh, executive council, the owners uh, side of things, the executive council of the National Football League Players Association side of things, and they're going through all this and the pros and cons and what's the least damaging um, ripple effect from a decision to be made, and it is not an easy one. It is not easy. Somebody is going to come out on the short end of the stick, and who will that be, and uh, and and how short will that stick be? That's what they're dealing with right now. And, man, if it were, if it were a snap decision, they would have already announced it. I mean, there's all kinds of politicking going on right now. There's no question about it. Yeah. It's – Uncharted territory, to say the least. Um, Thankfully. <laughs> yes, very much so. Fabian, huge shout out to the first responders. They saved the man's life. Parents for Hamlin, his family, and the whole Bills organization. And, I, I you know, the thing is, uh, the young man had a, a foundation. Yeah. And, I mean, I think the power of the NFL, the fan base, was seen by what? has happened since this happened. Yeah. And I mean, his initial goal was $2,500 that he wanted to raise. This was like 2020 he started this. And it's over two, $3 million right now. Yeah. Over $3 million. It speaks to the fact that it was prime time. <laughs> this, this isn't just Bill's Mafia donating $3 million to his fund. This is the country. This is the world. This this got huge play, obviously. Um, and... Kudos. And there was people who uh, stepped up. I mean, $3 million in, in a matter of hours were donated to uh, his charity. That, and, that's powerful. And just several years ago, the Bills fans, Andy Dalton's foundation. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, you know. Well, how about uh, when uh, when Tyler Boyd um, caught the touchdown pass against the Baltimore Ravens and knocked the Baltimore Ravens out and the Buffalo Bills in? Tyler Boyd, Bills Mafia, supported Tyler Boyd's foundation that he had just started huge, huge money, you know, like six figure contributions because he made the touchdown catch that knocked Baltimore out of the playoffs and gave the Buffalo bills a playoff uh, opportunity. And it's, it's kind of weird because here we are with the th same three teams again, 
the Bengals, the Buffalo Bills, and the Baltimore Ravens. That's the next opponent for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's funny how, you know, that, that particular situation, when Tyler Boyd makes that touchdown catch in Baltimore, knocks the Ravens out and gives Buffalo the, the playoff opportunity, and here those three teams are in the in the mix of what's going to transpire down the stretch here. With this unusual scenario, you only have Buffalo and Cincinnati with a 16-game schedule and everybody else with a 17-game schedule and trying to work around all the uh, the parameters of that. It's crazy. Yeah, I put out, you know, the thing that I saw last night, and I've seen this from the different level, high school covering high school, college, you cover NFL. I mean, these coaches, coaches, when they when they go out and recruit kids, they talk, they tell these parents, hey, I'm, I'm going to take care of your son. Mm-hmm. And just because these guys are now professionals, these coaches still have a background. Zach Taylor, I got to know Zach when he was – coaching it for Tommy Tuberville at UC. And you could tell, I mean, they put, hey, life's more important, as you've said throughout this whole live stream. And you see these coaches come together. Mm-hmm. And basically you could see Zach Taylor going to Sean McDermott and saying, we support anything you want, anything you need. I will right say, now. I will say that social media started a, a scenario where the league was saying, and I, and I guess, I guess Joe Buck said it a couple of times during the broadcast. These teams will have five minutes to warm up and get back on the field and play. And both the the league, the player association, everybody said that never happened. That never happened. There was never anything like that about, you know, they wanted it. The most important thing is DeMar Hamlin's health and life. And it, this was life-threatening. And First and foremost, that's what it's all about. It's all about DeMar Hamlin's life and how it affects his family and everything else that goes along with it. All these other things are, you know, the NFL is not going to shut the rest of the season down. It's not going to happen. You know, that that's, that's, that's not, I don't think that's a plausible thing. I mean, this, the, the NFL is a, is a fortune 50 business. And unfortunately, Dollars and cents carry carry a heavy bit of weight, but they're not. I credit them. They are not. They're trying to not make any kind of decision or announce any kind of decision. If they've come to a decision, until Demar Hamlin's progress is determined, is he improving? What is it? Right now, he's in critical condition. So the league, and rightfully so, is saying all this stuff about how they're going to handle playoffs and this and that is on the back burner. Reschedule the game. Don't even think about it. First and foremost, what's going on with DeMar Hamlin? Is he improving? Is he getting better? Is he able to breathe on his own? Can they remove the tube? Um, all, all these things. I mean, what kind of a life do they anticipate DeMar Hamlin is going to be able to lead? The, uh, lead. the league wants to know all of this before they – make their next move, their next statement. So I, I know I know there are a lot of people out there. It's like, you know, what's going on? When are they going to make a statement? They're sensitive to the fact that it's the most important thing here is what happened to DeMar Hamlin. And they're sensitive to how it affected his family. So I, I give kudos and plaudits to the National Football League understanding the priority. And it's obvious but I do still give them credit for 
following through on that. Yeah, a couple comments about we don't shed tears like this for our armed forces and so forth. Uh, I can tell you from my, my personal, I've got two children out of my four that are in the service, one career Air Force, the other one has been in multiple years in the Army now. Um, and yeah, there's there's tragedy all around us. And you see the news reports of what's going on in you know, different countries and, and all the things that have happened over the many, many years. And, you know, we're a generation of the World War II, the people who served in World War II, we're losing that generation because of the, the age they're at now. And the, the tragedies has happened throughout history. Um, but, you know, trust me, there's a lot of, a lot of things done armed forces for the armed forces. There are, that, there are. you know, that it goes unseen. Yeah. It's not going to get the attention that this guy, because, this was on national television national television <laughs> yeah it's it, it's just it's a matter of there's families all over the world that are saying exactly what you're saying john i lost my son i lost my what and nobody care nobody it's just a matter of exposure i mean nobody unfortunately knows the tragedy that your family or other families may have experienced like they witnessed it it, it unfolded right before everybody's eyes on television. It was live TV. It wasn't a movie. It wasn't a made-for-TV movie. It was live television. And, you know, it occurred, and, you know, it, it, it was tragic. But yeah, I mean, I've, my dad, God rest his soul, he, he was in the Navy, and uh, he was on an aircraft carrier, and he was a gunner. And, you know, he would try to shoot the enemy down, and, and he's got all kinds of horror stories. That these soldiers went through. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable the things that he saw um, that that affected him for the rest of his life. You're right, John. I mean, there's a lot of people that have experienced a ton of tragedy, um, but the reason that everybody's talking about it to the extent that they're talking about it now is because everybody saw it. You know what these these battles that went on in the world wars and other battles that take place in the military. They're not live television, so you don't see it. And thank God we don't, because man, it would it would be disturbing. It would change everybody's the way they live their lives. So yeah, yeah we're not trying to do any kind of comparisons no. or anything like that. No, no I'm a big supporter no of Tunnel to Towers. I mean, I my my two my two sons have friends. I mean, my son, my one son has been on missions that he can't even tell me about. Sure. Um, that I would have found out by, you know, something would have happened. I would have found out not, you know, no one would have known, but yeah, just his yeah. mother and myself. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's stories that uh, the military go to their grave, keeping to themselves. And that, you know, all I can say is God bless each and every one of them because this country is the way it is because of these guys. And we're not trying to diminish John, anything no. about the armed forces, believe me. We're both, and everybody should be big supporters and honor the armed forces every chance that you get. Yeah, and, and that's and Dave, you got to meet my two sons that are in the military. They mm -hmm. were in the summer. We went, took them to a Reds game. Thanks to First Star, they set us up for a Reds game. I mean, people don't realize what these families go through, and we do. I do. I mean, my kids go through it. Um, Yash is always with us when we do a live stream. He said, "I didn't know where." Yash, this was a spur of the moment. We felt we needed to. You know, get on here and let people have a place to vent, right. talk about this thing. You yep. know, um, 
we hope you're feeling better. Yeah. You haven't been feeling well. So we hope Yash is feeling better. He's, he's a big supporter of what we do on In the Trenches. Uh, we got John. Yeah, I'm a vet. We had deaths, but the mission comes first. Exactly. True. Yeah. Um, Frankie Strings, we don't watch wars live on TV. Like you said, Dave. Kind of go through these. I, You know what? They, I mean, some of the comments about fans, you know, worried about the game more so than the young man. I, I mean, I think everyone has different ways of going about handling things. Um, I, I think I honestly think that um, people that made the quick, you know, like, I don't know, media people that made a quick determination, all right, when are they going to start the game? I don't think they realized the severity. Uh, you know, if they did and made that comment, that's a whole new ball game. But if they didn't realize the severity and made that comment, it's more understandable. But man, yeah, I mean, I mean, no, there's no, nothing more precious than life. Period. Yeah. No, no discussion. Life is not part of the win and loss column. Yeah, no question about and, it. And I mean, that was we we all root for our teams. We want our teams to do well. Um, the Bengals, Dave, you've seen hundreds and hundreds of games. This is new to you. I've never um, seen this before. No, and it's. I don't think it's it's my everybody that I've talked to that's been around the game for a long time, I've never seen anything like this. That's why the reaction has been so crazy. And people, you know, like the military comparison, you don't shed tears like that for the military. I can understand why you might be offended, but it, it just, it, the magnitude of it because of the, all the eyeballs that were on it. Um, it's, it's a crazy ball game that way. No question. Yeah. We didn't have a set time we were going to end this, Dave. Nope. I, I know your phone's gone crazy since. Yeah, I've got a lot of media requests today, unfortunately, uh, for for not not the reasons that I normally do, and I am I am jammed up and and hammered today. Um, got uh, a lot of responsibilities ahead for the afternoon, and I've got three hour talk show tonight on WLW. If anybody wants to listen, we're doing Bengals line tonight from six to nine, um, and. Uh, we're, we're hopeful of having uh, some former players in for their reaction to what uh, what took place what took place yesterday and and, um, and and just just talk it through. It's unfortunate. I mean, usually on Mondays we're talking about the prior game, who played well, uh, what plays determined the outcome of the football game, what adjustments could have been made, what adjustments were made, all that sort of thing. None of that today. Um, it's all about what took place with DeMar Hamlin and, uh, and how, how, how it's affecting the domino effect to the national football league. We want to thank first star logistics for everything they do for us. And they're, you know, we're here in the studios today. Um, they actually told us, Hey, you know, don't even worry about anything. And Dave wanted to take his time and come to the fans. We appreciate everybody that comes to in the trenches with Dave Lapham that hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. You've helped us grow this channel a lot, but it would not be, this would not be happening one for all the help that first star logistics gives us every week of the year. And uh, you know, if you're 
I, I you know, I, Dave, I'm going to let you close it out. This is one of those – my wife, who doesn't even care about football, she could care less, was even glued to the TV because she comes in and says, sees I need anything as I'm watching into the computer monitors, right? preparing for our call after the game. And she come in and she and I said, I said, I don't think we're going to be doing a call. And, and she's watching the replay and she has a son and, you know, and all of a sudden and, it, and she, she's like, what channel is this on? And she wanted on the big TV out front. And I mean, this is different. This, it, this caught people's attention. It usually maybe not pay attention to football as a whole. Yeah. And unfortunately it did for the wrong reasons. Um, and, but Honestly, you know, one thing that, that I'm football is a slice of life. You know, during the course of a football game, you have to deal with adversity, you have to deal with success, you have to deal with failure, you have to deal with handling success the right way, handling failure the right way, the whole nine yards. There's a lot of life's lessons in, in one football game. Well, this is the toughest fact of life, really, that can happen in a football game is, is this type of injury that uh, a young man almost lost his life. In fact, they had to bring him back from a, a you know, a, a very, very incredibly stunning situation. And it just, there's a reminder here that um, football players, soldiers, all human beings, everybody's a human being, not robots, human beings with emotions. Uh, they're, they're, it's a human body. Now it's a, it's a finely tuned, powerful, in some cases, human bodies, but they're still human and still susceptible and vulnerable to things that every human being is susceptible and vulnerable to. And last night was an unfortunate reminder of that, that there's a lot of good that goes on in a game and for players, and there's some bad that goes on in games and for players. Unfortunately, the good far outweighs the bad one. But when the bad does occur, there's a big, big reaction. There's no two ways about it. But um, Mar Hamlin and the Hamlin family, God bless each and every one of you. And our prayers are with you. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. And Godspeed. Thank you, everybody. Until next time, Dave Burke for Dave Lapham. Again, thanks for First Star Logistics. And... Thank you for tuning in on In the Trenches with Dave Lapham. At First Star Logistics, we're a very strict company that really puts the pressure on our employees. Brakes? What are those? That's what I'm talking about. If you get the body right, then the mind's right. You know, yeah. Become a star with a chance to earn the highest commission percentages in the industry as a freight broker agent. Check out firststarlogistics.com.